Is it coming? Let's see. Yep, I see you. Okay. I'm hanging up, okay? Yeah. Thanks for the help. See it? Yeah. My audio came in, right? Audio still coming through.
Greetings to all of you that are watching us online. We come live from IPC Hebron, Houston. Uh, we thank God for his protection and mercies through these days as we have been uh, continuously looking to God's face and having his grace and protection with us these days. It's been a joy and privilege for us to come to your homes in the midst of this crisis through Bible study and our Sunday morning services as well. We bring greetings to you in the matchless name of Christ Jesus as we continue to spend time in learning from God's word. I know many of you might be thinking right now, where, where is our pastor, Pastor Sabu? He is fine. He's totally healthy. And we both pastors are grateful for God's protection and grace and covering over us and our entire uh, church family as well in the midst of this crisis as well. We just chose to go uh, solo uh, in this manner with the one person in one language continuing the study. Pastor Sabu will be back next Wednesday continuing the study that we have begun last Wednesday on the book of James. Having said that, praise God for his grace and his faithfulness even in the midst of this crisis. This uh, evening, we will continue in our study that we have begun on the book of James. But before that, let us look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you once again for your grace, your protection, and your covering upon each one of our lives. Even in the midst of this crisis, this pandemic that the entire globe is going through, we thank you for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the strength we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your promise that says that you are a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of need. So at the very outset, we look to you, O oh God, more than any of our needs that we have. We pray that we will seek your face and continue to trust in you and your covering until this disaster, this danger, this uh, difficult moment that we all go through will pass away. In the meanwhile, we thank you that you are still on the throne. You are still in control. And tonight, as we continue to spend time in your presence, in understanding your word that you gave us that is true and alive, continue to speak to us, Lord Jesus. We come at every home that is watching us online right now, every dear one from the IPC Hebron Houston family and beyond. May your word that is powerful and matchless continue to work in our hearts tonight so that your name be glorified. We commit this entire session in your hand. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, we bring greetings to all, especially 
to our dear IPC Hebron Houston Church family that are watching us online, maybe in your homes along with your families or in your bedrooms or from your favorite device or wherever you might be. And to all our dear well-wishers and people that across the globe that tune in to our channels and our platforms to watch our services, we welcome you as well. Wherever you might be, we understand that we are all going through this crisis in different aspects, but facing the same enemy. But we trust God's protection and favor over you. We will continue spending time in our study on the book of James, but just a friendly reminder to our church family, our services continue to coming online in this manner in the same time. And praise God for the powerful time we've been having through our prayer lines, uh, early mornings at 5.30 in Malayalam, in the afternoons in 12 o'clock in Malayalam, and also in the evenings in both languages, Monday and Friday in Malayalam and Tuesday and Thursday in English. It's been a, such a blessing to so many, and we continue to trust in God's face. We continue to stand in the gap for all our dear ones, all the, uh, the hundreds of thousands of people that are affected by coronavirus that are in the hospitals, in ICUs, in ventilators, or those that are in quarantine. We ask for God's favor upon them. We'll be praying for them in the end as well, for the hundreds and thousands of healthcare workers around the globe. We thank God for your lives and we continue to ask for God's protection over you. And for the families and dear ones, irrespective of age, irrespective of health conditions, may God's patience and strength be with you. In transition to our study on the book of James, Pastor Sabu, our senior pastor, started off this powerful study on the book of James this past Wednesday. And we dealt with the first four verses, verses one through four. He laid in a, such a beautiful manner the background of this book. Uh, just a couple of brief statements just so that we can have a segue into our study tonight. The book of James was written by James, the brother of Jesus. We learned that there are four different personalities in the Bible that we see with the name James. And of them, we realized and understood the significance and uh, the clear, obvious aspect that it is James, the brother of Jesus. We also understand the timeline when it was written, uh, somewhere between 45 and 50 AD. Uh, James wrote his episode, this book, way before the other letters. In fact, his letter or his book in the New Testament is considered the first, chronologically speaking, that was written uh, after Christ's ascension. So therefore, that has a lot of significance in the context of his book that he has written. It is also known that book of James is also known the Proverbs of the New Testament, because the book of James contains a whole lot of practical aspects that uh, Christians, those who believe in Christ, follow Christ, can put into practice in their life. Why so important? Why did he start off in that manner? There was a time when there was a lot of persecution and the people of God were scattered. The Jews were scattered across. And that is exactly why we see in his salutation in the book in verse 2 to the 12 tribes that are scattered around the globe. It was a moment of despair. It was a moment of anxiety. It was a moment of difficult uh, uh, situations through families, especially because of their faith. And that is why James writes in the early part of church history, this book that brings so much life and encouragement and strength to a church that is persecuted, to a group of people that is concerned and anxious of what tomorrow looks like. His book does not have lofty theological statements like we learned last Wednesday, like Paul or other writers write. However, his book is loaded 
with practical aspects and wisdom what every Christian needs to apply in their life. Not just a regular life, but a life when you go through sufferings and difficulties. And that, sex, that brings uh, so much relevance to where we are today, to a life that is going through a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, concerns, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uh, unknown of what tomorrow looks like. A timeline that we do not have a deadline to, that we do not know when all this will pass, in the same manner what the church went through. But the gravity is exactly different, entirely different. The church back there went through persecution, physical persecution. They sacrificed and suffered a lot for their faith. It may not be apples to apples when we compare where we are right now, but the emotional state of every believer is quite similar. And that is why we started off James addressing uh, this letter, not just a brother of Christ, but a bond servant of our Lord, Savior, Christ Jesus. Aligning and connecting with everyone that I am not writing this because I am Jesus' brother, but I'm writing this just like one among you, a bond servant who choose to serve Master Christ as a Lord and Savior. And to all the scattered, he starts talking about counting it for joy. And we learned that last Wednesday about the intentionality of counting it for joy, even in the midst of suffering. And, and, and we understood the power of persevering uh, through this test and trial that we go through. So in a nutshell, as Pastor Sabu remind us, reminded us last Wednesday, that we learned the first four words in a title that we would say, joy in the midst of trial. But the next four verses we're going to study today, book of James, chapter 5 through 8. If you have just joined us, this is our weekly Bible study from IPC Hebron Houston Live. And we are in the book of James. And we are about to read the four verses from verses 5 through 8. If you have your Bibles, would you turn your Bibles uh, and uh, pay attention to this passage as we read it together. So we will meditate from it together as one. This is what the word says. James chapter 1, verses 5 onwards. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. For tonight's study, I would give the title, Wisdom in the Midst of Trials. In the Nyangale online, Kanana, Ella Prepadavarim, Uruprashungade, Kartanamatil, Sneha Vananangal. Satharnei, Nyangal Chain, the Bible study in Alpamithiasamai. Pastor Sabu Regal, Adatha Wednesday, Namale Joint in Arikim, Nyangal Idivarim, Sabhai, Shema Maidikino, Pratik, the Lau Kunani, than Turanum Pratika, in the Rati, Nam Turanum Yakov Lekanatin on Namathiatende, Adatha Nala Waka the Lega, Nam Katakiana, Yakov Lega, Namathiam, and the Anj model eight to Verola Waking. Chella Pagangal, Yan Malara Telutherik in Arikim, and I'll put him Hagum in the Bible study, English Larikim. Thank you once again for joining us. And as we learn from this aspect, the key word that we see that underlines the entire aspect is wisdom. Wisdom in the midst of trials. 
What is wisdom? We know there is a lot of difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is information. Knowledge is data. Knowledge is facts. Knowledge is things that we acquire from a source and know about something. Hence, we use the word knowledge. We all know a lot of information. On a daily basis, we have information coming in through us, through our sense organs, eyes, smell, speech, touch, hearing. In all five aspects, we are always getting data, information into us. And that translates into knowledge in our lives. And we learn to apply the knowledge from based on what we know. Now, there is another realm of application. That is what is called wisdom. To give you more examples, if a car breaks down, someone who knows about the car, you can read and learn so much of what could go wrong in a car. The moment a car does not start, it could have plenty options that why this problem is going through. And all those aspects, all those uh, uh, factors could be knowledge. But wisdom is trying to know what to apply at this point to make sure this car starts back. In other words, we all could have a whole lot of knowledge, but the key is how you apply that knowledge at the right time, at the right place, in the right manner. That is wisdom. Now, however, there are two kinds of wisdom. There's worldly wisdom and there is godly wisdom. The word wisdom is from the word Sophia. However, Paul himself writes in the Corinthians, which we will talk about a little later, about the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. Here, what we are talking about is wisdom of God, not just learning to apply anything that you learn. If that was the case, everyone who acquires a degree does internship or training. You learn to apply your knowledge. You could call that wisdom. That is literal wisdom of applying what you learn in this earth. However, there are moments in your life that your knowledge could all go out the window because of how your emotions are functioning. For example, in the time of stress, in the time of fear, when you're anxious, haven't you had moments when you say, man, I just did not know what to do. I froze, I got shocked, I was scared. I did not know how to move. Those moments are very important. And in those moments, worldly wisdom could help very small extent, but you need a whole lot of wisdom from God. Grace that applies to the wisdom of Christ Jesus. That is what is really being said in this passage. In other words, verse 5 is quite often quoted. If you lack knowledge, if you lack understanding, if you lack wisdom, just ask God. If you're having a hard time to study, pray to God. If you cannot understand what you are learning from school or college or work, pray to God. It is all true. But in the context of this verse, along with what we learned in the midst of suffering and difficulty, it is very important to understand what Sophia or wisdom here means. In other words, when you are going through a crisis, like the church was going through trials and tribulations and pain and difficulty, in that moment, you need the grace of God. You need the wisdom of God to apply what your faith is helping you to do. That is so important where you and I are right now. 
There's so much information coming to us on a daily basis. Media, other sources, your text, WhatsApp, social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, phone calls, whatever means that might come. These are all ways where information comes in. Now, you and I have the freedom in how you process that information, that knowledge. In the midst of that, this is where you and I, as a child of God, look to God's face. God, in these moments, I need wisdom. I need wisdom how to function. I need wisdom how to take care of my family. I need wisdom where I apply and work. When I was meditating on this passage, I was really thinking about people who are making key decisions right now. Whether it be in the leadership, administration from a nation or a state or a local basis, or even the thousands of healthcare workers that have to make key decisions at this point. The lack of supplies is a problem. The lack of resources is a problem. In the midst of all this, you have to make split-second decisions. And there are crisis modes. And these are the moments as I was meditating from this passage, praying for every dear one. Lord, give them wisdom, wisdom from above to function in the midst of crisis. So therefore, this verse is so important for us to learn in our life whether in Corona or even after Corona, we all need the wisdom of God. Coming back to that verse again, if any of you lack wisdom, lack the difficulty to function in the midst of crisis, lack a moment of, of differentiating your emotion in the midst of crisis, ask God. പല വാക്കുകൾ മലയാള ഭാഷയിലുണ്ട് എന്നാൽ നമ്മുടെ അറിവ് ബുദ്ധിയിൽ നിൽക്കുമ്പോൾ ബുദ്ധിക്ക് അതീതമായി ചില സന്ദർഭങ്ങളിൽ ചില ബുദ്ധിമുട്ടുള്ള സന്ദർഭങ്ങളിൽ നമ്മുടെ വികാരം കാരണം നമുക്ക് എങ്ങനെ പ്രവർത്തിക്കുവാൻ കഴിയാതെ വരുമ്പോൾ ഒരു ഒരു പ്രതികൂല അവസ്ഥയിൽ വരുമ്പോൾ അതിൻ്റെ മധ്യേ നമ്മുടെ ബുദ്ധിക്ക് അതീതമായി ദൈവം നമ്മുടെ ഉള്ളിൽ പ്രകാശനം ചെയ്യുന്ന ഒരു പരിജ്ഞാനമുണ്ട് അത് കാംക്ഷിക്കുന്നവൻ ദൈവത്തോട് യാചിക്കുക എന്നാണ് So therefore, we all fall in this criteria, especially in this day and age. And in any moment, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God. That is your source where you go to. So to align with what I was telling you thus far, if you don't know how to do a certain thing, you go back to your textbook. If it was in medical field or engineering or any other area that you are skilled, you have a degree. you have been certified to function in that area and you quickly don't know what to apply you go back to your textbook but the wisdom that i am talking here that you have heard thus far the source of that wisdom is god tonight can i categorize three kinds of wisdom in this context one wisdom that is practical a wisdom that you have to know exactly to respond in the scenarios that we were talking about number 2 a wisdom that is from god this is what we were kind of sharing earlier that 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 wisdom is not just common sense there is a phrase that says common sense is not common <laughs> wisdom from god is not common either wisdom of god is meant for those that believe in god that trust in god to connect with what we learned last wednesday that intentionally believe in god in the midst of crisis to them is where the source of wisdom comes now you might be wondering what about the next part of this verse pastor who gives 
freely, generously to all without finding fault. This is the grace of God that we see in the midst of wisdom of God. God who is so gracious, he does not look for fault whether he deserves it or not. He does not look for a reason whether does he or she qualify for the measure of wisdom I want to give. There are two key things here. One, generously, freely. The Greek word here is hapolos or haplos. It is from there we get the word applause. Can you tell me when there is an applause, how many claps happen? Is applause three claps or five claps? Applause is numerous claps going on at the same time. And you can never measure the count of claps that are coming. But it is all coming with one exact same feeling of joy and celebration. In that manner, generously, not looking at one person, how much wisdom does he deserve? How much wisdom does she deserve? Anyone who truly believes in God must ask God for this wisdom. And he would give freely without finding fault. That is so powerful. Because if it was about finding fault, man, all of us fall in that category. None of us are perfect, but we are made perfect in Christ Jesus. We are made righteous in Christ Jesus. And that is where you and I are right now. None of us can really control the situations we are in. No science, no human, no power, no nation, no wealth is able to handle the situation right now in. Everyone is in the midst of a brokenness and suffering. The other day I was reading a phrase, suffering exposes the brokenness of mankind. I'll repeat that again. Suffering exposes the brokenness of mankind. Because otherwise we know to live and to work and to fix ourselves. But suffering is a vulnerable state when you and I realize that I don't have control of what I think I have control. And that proves the answer that there's only one person that can guide you. That is Christ Jesus. So it is not about our fault. Christ freely with grace comes to generously and lovingly, hapalos, no measure, wanting to guide you through this moment. But what you and I need to do is believe. So we talked about practical wisdom. We talked about uh, a wisdom of God that comes from above. That we look to his face for this wisdom. Paul reminds us about a difference of this wisdom. So uh, I know James writes it before Paul. So understand the context that Paul and the other apostles have read this letter. This was spread across to a persecuted church. And Paul alludes in when he writes in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse uh, 20, 21, 22 across. As you flip your pages, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse uh, I will read from uh, verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. You see the difference? Wisdom of God and the world through its own wisdom. Because even through that, they tried to search God. But unless you believe in God, you can't really have the passage to find him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Why foolish? In the light of the wisdom of this world, 
what was preached seemed foolish but the wisdom of god is was truth it was the it was the way and truth and life christ jesus so that is what we see god was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe jews demanded miraculous signs and greeks look for wisdom wisdom of this world but to those whom god has called both jews and greeks christ the power of god and the wisdom of god christ is the power of god and the wisdom of god tonight what you and i need to be looking for is not just wisdom of this world because everyone might be looking but what makes you and i a child of god different that is in the midst of this crisis in the midst of this unknown situation in the midst of this trial and pain just like we learned we intentionally counted for joy and we intentionally looked to god for wisdom it may sound foolish to those around but to those who believe this is salvation this is protection this is covering this is hope in christ jesus wisdom is also christ likeness just like from the words we just read right now as much as we want to be practical as much as we want to have the wisdom of god we also want christ in our hearts moving forward in this passage it will be given to him the last part of verse 5 it is imperative it is a promise it will be given to him but verse 6 is very important who is this him who is this person that james is talking about he's addressing this to the church he's addressing this to believers that believe in jesus but he's addressing this to a body of christ that is suffering that is struggling that is in pain that is in difficulty that is in anxiety that is in a hopeless maybe worthless or helpless moment to them he is encouraging them and reminding them brother sister church understand who you are so when you cry out to god for wisdom he will generously give you without finding fault but i want you to understand who you are in christ jesus verse 6 but when he asks he must believe and not doubt this is the crunch of this entire four verses you must believe and not doubt this is what is holding these four verses together because you take this aspect this is what you will be that it says in verse later latter part of verse 6 7 and 8 vishwasikiga samshaykada ee rendu padam ee naal vakyathil valare pradhanyamana ee oru 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 vaajagam eduthu maatiyar പിന്നീട് നടക്കുന്നതാണ് ആറാം അധ്യായ ആറാം വാക്യത്തിന്റെ ബാക്കിയും ഏഴും എട്ടും വാക്യത്തിൽ നാം കാണുന്നത് സോ ഇറ്റ് ഇസ് സോ ക്ലിയർ സോ ക്ലിയർ ആൻഡ് ഇമ്പോർട്ടൻറ്റ് ടു അണ്ടർസ്റ്റാൻഡ് ഹി മസ്റ്റ് ബിലീവ് ആൻഡ് നോട്ട് ഡൗട്ട് ഹീബ്രൂസ് ലെവൻ സിക്സ് ടോക്സ് അബൌട്ട് ഇഫ് എനി വൺ വാൻസ് ടു കം ടു ഗാഡ് ഹി മസ്റ്റ് ഫസ്റ്റ് ബിലീവ് ദാറ്റ് ഹി ഇസ് ഇഫ് എനി മണി എനിബഡി ഇസ് സെർച്ചിങ് ഫോർ ഗാഡ് യു മസ്റ്റ് ഫസ്റ്റ് ബിലീവ് ദാറ്റ് ഹി ഇസ് ബിലീവ് ദാറ്റ് ഹി ഇസ് he is god he is real he exists and these are moments when you get challenged the word doubt here is not just you're wondering whether yes or whether no the word doubt here is uh, it, it it is a word that is a legal term in the midst of a dispute that you are arguing 
die kironimonos. Die means two. Kirno means uh, judging, decision. In the midst of two decisions. In other words, you are absolutely disputing and arguing. See, there is so much truth to this. And we learned this in last study when Pastor Sabu was teaching us. Imagine a church. Imagine a group of people that is suffering. And James is saying, count it for joy. Rationally, logically speaking, it does not make sense. This is what we learned last Wednesday. And so from a human perspective, knowledge and wisdom, you have every right to question this. But the word here is not doubt. You may have the right to doubt and wonder, but dispute is a much stronger word. This is when one person questions the authority of who God is, questions the attributes of who God is, questions the existence of God. It is not just asking God, where are you in my problem? It is totally okay to ask. Some of you might be struggling, trying to cope, trying to find meaning of what is happening. And you might ask, God, where are you? Help me to find you. See, even in that prayer, you just is having a struggled, hard, challenged time to see God in the midst of his suffering. But you're not denying that God is not. God is. But the dispute that James is talking about is people who are going away from their faith, who are confused in their faith, who are not sure whether what they're believing is true. They have been believing Jesus. Many of them saw Jesus. Many of them were there when Jesus did the miracles and healings. And now they are old, they're elderly, because this is about 15, 17 years after Jesus uh, went up to heaven, ascended. And there is a generation that is watching them. They're all living in this context of when James is writing this. Could you think of a similar society right now? A generation that sacrificed and gave so much for faith, that believed in Christ Jesus. So many of us are immigrants that came to this country. And so many of us are born into this land, watching a generation live this faith out. And there is a new generation that is growing up and learning to live this faith in the midst of crisis. And to all, somewhere in your mind, you could be confused, you could be challenged. I repeat again, it is okay to ask questions to God. David asked questions to God. Joshua asked questions to God. Uh, there are other writers who, are, who asked questions to God. Questioning God is not wrong. There are many people who preach that way. You have no right to question God. You have every right to question God. But we don't have the right to question the attributes and the, and the authority of who God is. For example, God, where are you in my situation? Help me to find you. That's a good question. But this is a question that we should not supposed to ask. God, are you still there? Are you still alive? Why did you not heal me? He has the power. Sometimes he chooses not to. But we trust in who he is. James is talking about that we must believe and not doubt. If you are disputing, if you are arguing, I don't believe in God. I don't think he's true. I don't think he's real. Then you and I need to first repent and first believe that he is. Take Hebrews 11:6 in full heart. That if I am truly searching from God, I'm searching for life. 
I'm searching for hope. And the answer is Christ Jesus. To every person that is listening to me tonight, I speak again that the wisdom that we are talking about is Christ himself. He is the source of it all. Would you trust in him without disputing it? Trusting and believing in Christ Jesus. And believe and not doubt. And the remaining part of the next two verses is defining a person who doubts. This is who doubts. Remaining of verse 6. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Blown and tossed by the wind. Blown and tossed by the wind. A very powerful analogy that James uses here. A doubting person, if not a disputing person, an arguing person, this is what the life looks like. A wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. There are three forces that happens when a wave is tossed by the wind. Number one, the wind. The wind is blowing the wave. Tide that pulls the wave back. Gravity that pulls it down. I repeat again. There are three forces that function. Wind that is blowing the wave. A tide that is pulling the wave back. And gravity that is holding it down. So it is not just a horizontal pressure. But it is pressure from all ways. In other words... A person that is doubting and disputing, you're not only struggling from within, you're struggling around. You're not only struggling to find answer to yourself, you are struggling to find answers around you as well. You are not just trying to hold your ground, you're being tossed in all directions. It is a very uh, commotious, a chaotic moment, if it's emotionally speaking as well. Some of us might be going through that moment right now, emotionally speaking. You are so confused. How can a good God do all this? How can a good God do such evil or bad things? These are moments when we are not grounded in the word, in the wisdom of God, in Christ Jesus. These are questions that make you so confused and wonder the, 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 the depth and the truth of your faith. This is who James is writing to. A group of people that is persecuted and suffering. And they are wondering, is this what we leave everything for? Is this who that we serve? Is this what Christianity is all about? Is, that, is this what you call faith? I thought Jesus was a miracle working God and he said, I will be with you. Where is he? It's only been 15 years, 20 years. We are struggling. To our church now, to those listening to me, you could be wondering similarly. Not because of Corona. Maybe it may be something that you are going through in your personal life. It could be a physical situation. It could be your children, your family, your job, or something beyond. Or something that you have been praying for a long time. Years. It has been decades probably. And you're wondering. And sometimes coming to a moment where you're doubting. Am I a good Christian? Maybe God is mad at me. Maybe he wants to punish me. Maybe this is directly to me. No, no, no. The God that you and I serve is a loving God. It's a gracious God. He's a just God. And he will act in his manner. But the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, is way above the finite, mortal, human being that we are trying to process suffering and pain 
and situations that happen in this world. I could sit here and quote so many examples that in the present, it did not make any meaning. But years later, days later, months later, I look back and says, thank God for that moment. Thank God for that suffering. Thank God for that closed door. Thank God for that moment that I couldn't get through because today I'm grateful because of what God closed back then. It could be different in your situation right now. And I echo again, when you are in the midst of suffering, when you are in the midst of crisis, when you're in that boat that is being tossed around, it's hard to process all this. But to remind, like we heard last week as well, intentionally counting for joy. This is where God's name is glorified. This is where you look to him for wisdom, that he is the source. When this image of James talking about a person that is tossed left and right in a wind, I'm reminded of the same story when the disciples were in a boat tossed to and fro. And in that moment, Jesus comes walking on the water. Jesus comes walking not to somebody that does not know Jesus. He comes walking to a group of people that he walked and lived and ate and hung out and did life and did ministry, did kingdom work, preached and taught them and led them through every moment of their life for three and a half years. And that group of people, they were so focused with their problem. This is wisdom of God. These people are knowledgeable. They know what to do. They're trying to solve their problem with their human notion. And there is applied knowledge here, wisdom of this world that disciples are trying to do. Peter is one of them. But when Jesus walked on water, Peter is the only one who looked and asked, Jesus Christ, Lord, is that you? And he said, I am. Now this is the next realm of the wisdom. One who believes and not doubts, not disputing. Peter asked, if that is you, I want to jump out. That is the kind of faith in the midst of trials and suffering that James is talking here. When Peter said he jumped out, he started walking. I know many of us blame Peter. He looked left and right. And as the word says, fear crept into him. But in the midst of that fear, in the midst of that anxiety, in the midst of that uncertainty, in the midst of that sinking moment with waves all around and a group of his friends behind him being tossed around in a boat, he's right in the crux of the situation. Here's something very powerful that one who believes and not doubts does in his life. He held on to Jesus' hands. That is the safe place that you and I need to be in the midst of this. Think for a moment. Don't run away from that analogy. The storm did not cease. The waves did not stop. The disciples are still in the boat. And Peter is sinking. But there's a fifth element that is so powerful. Whose hand is Peter holding on? He is holding on to the hand of Jesus. The one that can walk on water. The one that has control over every situation. You know what? Even in the midst of my sinking situation, I'd rather hold on the hand of Jesus than be sitting in the boat trying to figure out how to solve this problem. This is so powerful if you can see that picture with me. Believing without doubt is in this manner that I'm willing to go to the next step, next extent, wherever he might lead me, 
even though this moment is tough, this painful, it is anxious, it is fearful, and, and it is pulling me from all ends. But I'd rather hold on to Jesus' hands. That is wisdom of God. That is not something the textbook of this world or people of knowledge of this world will teach you. That is faith from within. That is trust from within. That is hope from within. In the midst of this crisis, a wisdom in the midst of trial is holding on to Jesus, even when you don't know what tomorrow looks like, but without doubting, fully believing. Why? As I wrap the last two verses together, it is very crucial, the contrary of this verse. Verse 7 is the contrary. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. Oh, that's heavy. Sometimes you don't have to mention the obvious. If I mention it is raining outside, and I say, if I carry an umbrella, I will not be wet. It's obvious. The contrary is, if I don't have an umbrella, I will be drenched. I don't have to emphasize it. But sometimes I have to emphasize if there is an aftermath consequence, because if you get wet, you can't come back into the house. In other words, if you get wet, you won't be able to get to work. So it is key to know that you need an umbrella not to get wet. But it's also important that if you get wet, there is an aftermath or consequence that will stop you or keep you away from something. So that is why this statement is very important. That you should believe without doubt and ask God, if you lack any wisdom, that he will freely give to you without finding fault. But if you don't believe, don't even expect anything. Don't even expect him to even respond back to you because there is a criteria. That is why I talked about grace of God. I talked about love of God. I talked about hope and faithfulness in God. But I also said God is just. There is a matter in how we function. In this midst, I pray that that is where we will focus. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Dear ones who are listening to me tonight, it is not just about the crisis. It is not just about the trial. It is not just about the difficulty that you might be going through. It is the moment that you have to understand that when you don't put your trust and hope in Christ Jesus, you are unstable in all your ways, whether in crisis or outside of crisis. Oh, come on, Pastor. I know how to live my life. Again, I'm not talking about living your life with worldly wisdom. I'm talking about a life that looks beyond this earth, a life that looks to eternity, a life that aligns himself with the hope in Christ Jesus. That is my destination. This world is not my home. It is hard. Corona is scary. Crisis is scary. Cancer is scary. A difficulty in a moment is scary. A financial crisis is scary. Economy unstable is scary. Governments trying to figure out how to move forward is scary. Marriages and homes that are not stable is scary. But in the midst of that, would you hold on to Jesus and seek his wisdom that we will be stable in his sight? Isn't that so assuring? Isn't that so powerful? Desperate moments leads to desperate measures. I pray that this desperate moment that you and I in, I hope we are, because that leads to desperate measures. At any cost, I am willing to hold on to Jesus. I remember the story that I read recently. A little boy, five or six-year-old young kid, he didn't have a Bible of his own, 
So he went to his dad and said, Dad, I need a Bible of my own. Dad, who is a Christian, told his son, Son, you know how we do it in this house. We pray. We pray and ask God and he will give it to us. So the son obeyed his father and started praying. Day one, day two, day three passes. Now it's the weekend. It's Sunday morning. He goes to church. He is kind of disappointed, like many of us right now. We've been praying for so long, right? We've been praying for the same need for so long. We've been wondering, when is he going to answer? How long is this going to take? Desperate. The boy is so upset at the church. He does not even look up. He's kind of mad. He does not want to pray. On his way back, they go to grandma's house. He was not happy to even have lunch. In the garage, he saw a small image of Mary, the mother of Jesus. He quickly wrapped it up and took it with him home, ran home. As soon as he got home, he went to his bedroom, knelt down on the bed, unwrapped that picture of Mary, and looked to God and said, if you ever want to see your mother again, you know what to do. Desperate measures, moments, leads to desperate measures. Sometimes when we have no hope, we feel like we are hijacking God. We feel like we are hijacking and telling him what he needs to do. But guess what? My God knows exactly where you are, where we are, where the entire mankind is, and he is in control. In the sovereignty that God is, sometimes you and I do not understand what is happening. But that does not change of who God is. So therefore, if any of you lack wisdom from God in the moment that you are in, ask freely with a repetitive heart. Because sometimes you have disputed. You have chosen not to believe. Would you confess yourself? Change towards God. Just as we've been hearing repeatedly that if my people called by my name would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. You may not be doing something very bad, but these moments when you choose to dispute God, that is not something you and I are called to. Take a moment yourself. Tonight, as we bow our heads to pray, I pray that this will be a moment for us to turn around and look to God. Seek his face and his grace and ask God, may you guide me in this faith. May you guide me to give me wisdom and direction. May you lead me in the promises that you have guided. In the midst of these waves and storms, I will still trust in you. I will still hold in you. Thank you that you are the source of wisdom, even in the midst of trials. That I do not want to be a double-minded person, but a person completely focused in you. Practically living my Christian life, holding on to wisdom from Christ, and knowing that you are the source of it all. Wherever you are, would you bow your heads with me? Tonight, as we pray, we will look to God for his grace and strength. Before we transition, I know I in the, my intro I mentioned about our pastor who's not here. We are all fine, but he couldn't stay too far from you guys. So he wanted to come and say hi and pray for us tonight. So he is with us here tonight. He will be closing us in prayer, praying for all of us in light of what we heard the word today as well. Committing ourselves to the Lord. Would you bow your heads and look to the Lord in prayer? May I welcome our pastor, Pastor Dr. Sabavarkis. Hello, everyone. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Sam, for that blessed, powerful, and very practical exposition of the word. Greatly appreciate that. I'm sure the Lord has ministered to each and every one of you through the ministry of the word this evening. 
എല്ലാവർക്കും കർത്താവിന്റെ നാമത്തിൽ വന്ദനം കർത്താവ് നമ്മെ സഭയായി പരിപാലിക്കുന്നത് ഓർത്ത് നന്ദിയോടെ സ്തോത്രം ചെയ്യുന്നു ഇന്ന് നിങ്ങൾ ഒരു ചെറിയ ചേഞ്ച് നമ്മുടെ ലൈവ് സ്ട്രീമിങ്ങിൽ കണ്ടു നാം സൂം ടെക്നോളജി കൂടെ ഒന്ന് അപ്ലൈ ചെയ്യുകയാണ് കഴിഞ്ഞ രണ്ടാഴ്ച നാം മലയാളത്തിൽ സ്റ്റഡി നടത്തി അതുകൊണ്ട് ഇന്ന് ബഹുമാനപ്പെട്ട പാസ്റ്റർ സ്റ്റാം ഇംഗ്ലീഷിൽ ആ സ്റ്റഡി നടത്തി അടുത്ത ആഴ്ച വീണ്ടും നാം സ്റ്റഡി തുടരും നമ്മുടെ വെനസ്ഡേയും സൺഡേ സർവീസസും ഈ ഫോർമാറ്റിലേക്ക് ആക്കേണ്ടിയ ഒരു സാഹചര്യത്തിൽ നാം വന്നിരിക്കുകയാണ് ദൈവമക്കൾക്കെല്ലാം അത് അറിവുള്ളതുകൊണ്ട് സ്തോത്രം ലെറ്റ് കണ്ടിന്യൂ ടു പ്രേ ഫോർ ഈച്ച് അതർ ആൻഡ് ഇൻഡസീഡ് ഫോർ ഈച്ച് അതർ മെനി ഓഫ് യു ടെക്സ്റ്റഡ് മീ ആൻഡ് മെസ്സേജ് മീ ആസ്കിങ് ഇഫ് ഐ എം ഓക്കെ ബൈ ഗോഡ്സ് ഗ്രേസ് വി ആർ ഓൾ ഡൂയിങ് ഫൈൻ വി കണ്ടിന്യൂ ടു സിക്ക് ദ ഫേസ് ഓഫ് ഗാഡ് ആൻഡ് ഇൻഡസീഡ് ഫോർ ഈച്ച് അതർ ദൈവം നമ്മളെ എല്ലാവരെയും അനുഗ്രഹിക്കട്ടെ ഗെയിൻ greatly appreciate pastor sam for that powerful word this evening with that let us look to the lord in prayer parishuddhanaagunna njangada deivame swargastha nalla pidave inna raatri nalgiya nalla avasarathinai njangal nanniyode ange sthudikkunna avadathe dasan pastor samine inna raatri kartavu shaktiyode ubhayogichu avadathe vajanam pangu vekkuvan kartavu krupa cheyidu kartave njangada kashtathil sagalavu santosham ennannan ഞങ്ങൾക്ക് കൃപ തരണം അപ്പോൾ തന്നെ ഞങ്ങൾക്ക് അവിടുത്തെ വിഷ്ഡം വേണം കർത്താവ് ഞങ്ങളുടെ സ്വന്തം ബുദ്ധിയിൽ പലതും മനസ്സിലാക്കാൻ കഴിയത്തില്ല ദ ലോഡ് ഓഫ് ഓൾ വിഷ്ഡം ആൻഡ് നോളജ് കർത്താവ് നീ സകല ബുദ്ധിയും കർത്താവ് കവിയുന്ന സമാധാനം നൽകുവാൻ കഴിയുന്നവനാണല്ലോ ഈ നാളുകളെ നേരിടാൻ ബുദ്ധിയും ജ്ഞാനവും അങ്ങ് ഉയരത്തുന്ന പ്രദാനം ചെയ്യണം അവിടുത്തെ ദാസം പാസ സാമിനെ കുടുംബമായി അനുഗ്രഹിക്കണം ഈ ദൈവസഭയിലുള്ള എല്ലാ ദൈവമക്കളെ ഓർക്കുന്നു എല്ലാവരെയും അങ്ങ് പേര് പേരായി അനുഗ്രഹിക്കണം ഏവരുടെ മേലും അവിടുത്തെ കൃപയുണ്ടാകണം ഭവനത്തിൽ കഴിയുന്നവർക്കായി സ്തോത്രം കർത്താവ് വാർദ്ധിക്യത്തിലായിരിക്കുന്നവർക്കായി സ്തോത്രം ഞങ്ങളുടെ കുഞ്ഞുങ്ങൾക്കായി സ്തോത്രം മെഡിക്കൽ ഫീൽഡ് ജോലി ചെയ്യുന്നവർക്കായി സ്തോത്രം മറ്റ് ജോലികൾക്കായി എല്ലാ ദിവസവും ഭവനം വിട്ട് കടന്നു പോകുന്നവർക്കായി സ്തോത്രം യേശു ക്രിസ്തുവിന്റെ രക്തത്തിന്റെ മുദ്രയും മറവും എല്ലാവരുടെ മേലും എല്ലാവർക്കും ചുറ്റും ഉണ്ടാകേണം പല ഇടങ്ങളിലിരുന്ന് ഞങ്ങളെ വാച്ച് ചെയ്യുന്ന എല്ലാവരെയും നിന്റെ നാമത്തിൽ അനുഗ്രഹിച്ച് പ്രാർത്ഥിക്കുന്നു വീണ്ടും കൂടി വരുമരെയും കൃപയിലും സാന്നിധ്യത്തിലും ഞങ്ങളെ മറയ്ക്കും മഹത്വം പുകഴ്ച എല്ലാം അങ്ങേക്ക് ക്രിസ്തുവേശുവിന്റെ ധന്യ നാമത്തിൽ തന്നെ ആമേൻ മേ ദ പീസ് ഓഫ് ദ ലോഡ് ബി വിത്ത് ഓൾ ഓഫ് യു ടിൽ വി മീറ്റ് അഗെയിൻ ഷലോ